Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast, where I'm joined by my wife, Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. In these episodes, Stephanie and I have a conversation about the different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters, because we believe that for those who are awake, we are living in and through the most impactful time in history. Your view of the world is the filter for how you will experience the evolution and changing dynamics of it. Our intention is to provide you with ideas, nutritious food for thought, and some tools that you can use to help you in being your greatest self and living your best life. Listen in. Enjoy. Hi there, and welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Mindset Matters podcast. Stephanie, welcome. Hey, hon. So big topic today, as they all are, but I think it's a really meaningful topic. I think there's a lot of uh, things that people can take away and uh, actually put into action, apply right today. So we often talk about being present and being in the now. So there was a book by Eckhart Tolle called The Power of Now. And then there is a saying by Stephanie and a, I guess we'll call it a thought process, philosophy called The Power of Now What? How's that? That would be it. I was threatened that that's going to be one of the chapters in my book, because when we're present, we're in the moment, and we're practicing our mindfulness and our stoicism, that's great. But life is still happening as we do that. So I realized back in the day that we needed to talk about also the power of now what? Because that fear and uncertainty lives on the other side, possibly, of being in the present moment and dealing with a lot of issues that are going on in the world right now. Beautiful. So before we get this show started, I will remind everyone again that we are, in fact, and have, in fact, launched our Mindset Matters or the Everyday Millionaire Mindset podcast, if you will, on YouTube. So for those of you who are listening in audio and enjoy the audio portion of it. Awesome. And if you want to see us over on YouTube, be part of the YouTube community that we are intentionally trying to grow, where we can actually have conversations within at least the comments section. And uh, love you to go over to the YouTube, like it, share it, subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. All the things you do on YouTube. So love to see you over there. Okay, so let's get on with the power of now what, given the fact that when we look at, we've talked a lot about this, what's going on over the past few years, certainly in the polarity and divisiveness, the uncertainty, the economic uncertainty, what's happening as global matters. Uh, I see on a regular basis, especially within the Real Estate Investment Network, individuals sitting on the sidelines going, I don't know what to do with this whole real estate thing. I don't know where or how or why or if I should invest my capital. And so there's a lot of that real anxiety and fear based on what we should do in those particular circumstances, then we see what's happening relationally. We see parents as grandparents, but also of just friends of people with kids, the uncertainty that is hanging around in schools these days, given the degree of what we'll call, I guess, wokeism and the real kind of frightening direction that these schools or a lot of schools are going so much polarity even in that. Some schools are fighting back. Others are going, no, this is all really cool. You've got parents with kids that are just really nervous about what's going on. They're pulling kids out of school. They're doing homeschooling. Okay, what has it all got to do with the power of now what? So why don't you lead us into that power of now what conversation and uh, let's unpack this. When we're faced with 
decision-making. And if you remember, decide means to cut. And when you cut something and you commit to something else, you're leaving certain things behind. That has happened, I think, on steroids the last three or four years. And even before that, where people are being forced to make decisions with their lives, their bodies, their careers, their jobs that maybe they don't 100% want to make. When we're in a situation like that, there's a level of uncertainty that happens that sets us up for not knowing. So the concept I use when I'm dealing with the power of now what, it is, are you okay with saying, I don't know? Mm. Are you saying, I don't know on purpose, authentically, or are you pretending you know stuff that you don't really know, which sets you up in many ways for failure? Because as you said, all the things that are going on right now are done in the name of, let's call it inclusivity. But what it's doing is excluding people. It's excluding conversations about the future. So you're, we're so distracted and being forced to talk about all these ridiculous issues when the truth is life is still happening. Things are still moving forward. Goals are still being set. Deals are still being made. But all of this uncertainty surrounds it. So we actually are forced to stay so in the present and so paralyzed in a way, you know, from the polarization, we get paralyzed in the decision-making process. So when we apply the concept of the power of now what, we have to step back and go, I'm actually choosing not to make a decision because I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I need to do to move forward, given the circumstances that are unfolding. Yet there's those that are actually just moving forward. So I mean, what do you do in those scenarios or how do we look at that? Because I don't know, my my judgment of it is that so many people just seem to be living life. Everything's grand. Everything's cool. And then there's others that are going, I just literally don't know what to do next. So let's see if we can break that down a little bit. You know, I don't know the answer to that one. Here's my observation. Those with a lot of cash right now, those who are sitting in a very liquid position are actually just doing okay. They're living life. They're doing what they do. There's those that are have a job, they have a career, a business that they're uncertain about. They're really not knowing what to do next. So that is, again, in the power of now what might apply in those circumstances. Let's see if we can give some, some context or some scenarios that listeners can relate to. Uh, any kind of thoughts that you can contribute in that regard? Well, to that point, Hun, is that if we have the courage to say, I don't know, and sit in that and not take the, the hit around or the slings and the arrows of people saying, well, what do you mean you don't know? You've always known. You're always your leader. You must know. Tell us what to do. But the truth is, the minute you say, I don't know, and you're vulnerable in that state, it actually gives per- other people permission to say maybe they don't know. And when you don't know something, you open up to discover and be curious what else could be a solution? Because for many years, many in my in my experience, many people were just moving from thing to thing to thing automatically or on automatic pilot. And right now that's been shut down. So when you shut something like that down, there's a gap. And in that gap lives uncertainty. And uncertainty can live in a space for, for quite some time because very little in life is certain. But when we live in uncertainty too long, we're in inaction. And when we get to inaction, that's when things start to really, really slow down. Inertia kicks in. And then what happens is the fear kicks in. So what I would like to invite people to consider is to be in the uncertainty, be in curiosity, but then take some actions because that space around you, that space of uncertainty is going to show you some feedback. It might show up as people you hadn't thought of being resources before. 
It can show up in opportunities, maybe a, a new career path, maybe a new group of friends, or you just never know what shows up in the I don't know. But if you're not willing to be vulnerable and just go, I just don't know right now, right now or yet, our famous <laughs> line, I don't know yet, then there's no space for the new knowledge, the new resources, the new relationships, the new opportunities to show up. So there's a couple things, and I love that, by the way, and it just reminded me of a couple things. First off, which is in the power of now what, it may mean reaching out to somebody that you respect or that you think has a skill set or a perspective you don't have. You know, often people will reach out within the RAIN community, for example, and ask for advice. And I always say, I can't really give you advice. What I can do is ask you questions. I can help maybe lead you into the answer that you get to for yourself or on your own based on the information that you have. Let me see if I can draw that out of you. So the point is, is that if you approach somebody and go, you know, I really don't know what direction to go. How are you making a decision? What direction are you going based on this? Or how are you making decisions based on what's happening in the world today? So rather than look for advice or even somebody else's opinion, ask for their perspective. So, for example, you know, recently I was reached, uh, a friend of mine reached out and said, I'm doing a video. I'm going to tap into a whole bunch of resources and we're going to talk about the uh, rate hikes and where rate hikes are going, where we see interest rates going. So I shot a little 35 second video, you know, the fearless forecast of the future rate increases and what I see. And I stated it. And at the very end, I said, and here's the truth. I don't know. Nobody knows, and it's a guess at best, but it's always fun to do these kinds of things. So it was really, at that point, all I could do is give my perspective, and if that was valuable to people to say, okay, you know something, I can see that perspective. So that, I think, is something that's important as well, is to actually ask and seek guidance from those who maybe have experience or that you respect or you know have a level of expertise, just so you can see how they're looking at things, so then you can make different decisions and make different choices. Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. I think also asking the questions, the quality of your life is based on the quality of the questions that you ask. And over the last while, especially, we're being told that we don't know stuff. So we need to go to the experts, whether it's weather, climate, pharmaceutical decisions, whatever. We don't know anything. We're not scientists. We're not doctors, mm -hmm. but we do know things. And the truth is, if we put ourselves in environments with people who are asking curious and compelling questions, then we have the answers that we need. We're just being told that we don't have them. We do. It's time to get back to intuition. It's time to get back to looking to yourself and looking to the people around you that you trust to bring some of those issues and those answers forward so that you can look at things more clearly with more logic, with more opportunity or with more curiosity. I think we have all the answers that we need. I think we have them inside. It's just that they've been squished or maybe silenced for a little bit too long. So what I would invite you to do also is to not just look for resources and ask for perspective, but to put yourself in situations where people like me, for example, who are nosy or who know how to ask really good questions, to poke and to prod and to gently bring out the answers that you have. Because the truth is, you already know. You do. Yeah, I think there's a couple things that I want to pick up and shine a light on in what you just said there. And first off, there is common sense and then there is nonsense. And as much as we may not be experts in certain things, there is a degree of common sense that we have to apply. Sometimes even common sense doesn't make sense. And I can give you all sorts of illustrations of that, but then that'll take me down a whole different path that I don't want to go down. 
The point is this, is when we look at certain things, we create a thesis, we make decisions, and sometimes we don't have all the information. I get all that. But in the power of now what, it really is what? Stepping back and saying to yourself, no, I don't know. I'm not ready to make a decision or I'm going to make a decision I really don't know. I'm going to make a decision anyway based on what I do know because I feel like I have to and I'm compelled to make that decision just to keep moving forward. And a little bit of, I don't know, what, crossing your fingers, I guess? I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Because, you know, we even find ourselves in a situation right now where we have to make a decision and it's really frustrating. It's kind of a little risky if, you you know, and we have to move forward based on the information that we have. And that is sometimes feeling quite risky, but we still use as much common sense as we possibly could in a situation which is nonsensical and we're still trying to apply common sense and you still have to move forward. So again, I want to keep going back to this power of now what, and can you give me a context or give listeners a context for that so that we can actually you know, see where this might fit in our lives and in our decision-making and even how we look at life? Well, there's going to be a stage when we have to take action. So when we have to take action, you're either going to take it from a place of being powerful and moving forward or from being backed into a corner. And I think for me, if I can take one small step in the direction of the best right action, that's all I can do. And then the result will happen and then I'll get the feedback. I'll either like the result or I won't like the result. That's what usually stops people from making decisions. It's not just fear or fear of the unknown. It's also knowing what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? This is going to affect or could affect a lot of people. It could be a lot of money. It could be a huge mistake, even though we had all the information we could to make that decision. But you know what? It's better to make the decision and move forward one small step in the direction of right action. Then you can at least get the feedback that you need and then get going in a new direction or carry on with that momentum. The hardest thing is to be paralyzed in the inaction. And that's where our heads make that become our biggest enemy is, is our brain, our head, our stories, all the, all the awfulizing and the, the stories that we tell ourselves about what's going to happen. But the truth is they're, the, the results are never that dramatic. They're never that, they're never as bad as we think they're going to be. I mean, this one that we're entering could be, <laughs> but we have to make a decision. And I think being grownups and being people that have experience and have the ability to move through things, we're going to get to the other side regardless of what the outcome is, but we have to take action. And that indecision and that moving into decision is the power of now what? Mm-hmm. That is the power of now what? Not just the power of now and then taking all the information, distilling it down and, and then still being you know, paralyzed and not taking any action. The power of now what is taking the reins. It's taking the steering wheel, putting your foot a little bit heavier on the gas, moving yourself forward so that the issue, the, the situation or the scenario can move itself forward as well. Because there's that whole line, you know, we have to take action because until you do, providence can't step in. And help you and give you the tools and show up in the way that you want it to show up. So until one is committed, until one takes action, we don't have all the information we need to make the next step, which is the power of what's next after the now what. So we recently, in I think the last episode, we did some and had some conversation around relationship. And when we're in these situations where we don't know what to do, again, we go back to what's happening in the world today. Lots of uncertainty, you know, lots of wondering around the economic conditions, what's happening in a global macro, as well as what's happening nationally, locally, municipally, 
you know, where is your job? What is the business that you're in? What is the career path that you're on? Is it sustainable? Will it in fact live into the future? Now, when we consider that conversation we had around couples, it was really coming back to a little bit about communication because it was based on, you know, how do we how do we face adversity as a couple? How do we communicate? How do we fight, if you will, and disagree? And how do we respect each other in that? But over the years, here's what I have really come to discover is that many couples aren't having these conversations. You know, the husband or the wife may want to carry that load on their own as opposed to share the load, feeling like they're not being, I don't know, capable or competent in supporting the family the way they need to. Generally a male story, but not necessarily. So I wonder if in this is that, you know, when we consider the power of now what, it's like sitting down as a couple like you and I do and say, you know, now what? What are we going to do? How do we move forward? And I want to link that to something that you said earlier, which is, the you know, our life is a reflection of the quality of the questions we ask. So the quality of our life is a reflection of the quality of the questions we ask ourselves. And what we both come to realize is the first questions we ask ourselves in any scenario are generally not deep enough, not the right questions. We actually have to go deeper. There's something I always say or a question I always ask, and you 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 always come back at me with this really curt response that pisses me off, and I'm trying to think of what it is. It's like, I say something like, I don't know what to do. And you come back at me with, that's the wrong comment or the wrong question, or I just want to know what to do. If I make that random comment, is do you remember what it is? Like, it really pisses me off when you say it, but it really boils down to- I don't to, have the answer. You always say, I don't have the answer. Yeah. I don't have the answer. Yeah. I don't have the answers. <laughs> I don't have the answers. Well, you're asking the wrong question if you don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. Having the answer isn't the answer. Yeah. Asking the right question and getting feedback, that's the answer. I think when you don't have the answer, you don't have the answer, don't have the answer, it's a stalling tactic. Yeah, stalling aside, I guess universally it shuts everything down as well. You know, when you think about that and when you start to ask yourself different questions and really getting to the questions, and that's the other side of it. Uh, You know, it's interesting that as coaches, that is really what we do. We often come into a conversation with, I have no answers for you. I just have questions because we believe that you have the answers and we can guide and we can kind of facilitate the conversation. I'm not very good at doing that with myself necessarily on any given day. Uh, You do push my buttons around that stuff, but we ultimately get to it. And it really is about the power of the questions that we ask ourselves and really asking hard questions that we may even have to research and investigate and even have somebody support us in asking the right questions. Any further kind of thoughts on that? Well, I think you get to an impasse with certain situations. And for you and I, you know, I'm a I'm a brilliant coach, just so you know. I ask a lot of really great questions, but I'm not your coach. Mm-hmm. I'm your wife. Mm-hmm. I'm your friend. I'm your partner. And I've discovered over time is that you're not, you don't want my coaching. You don't want my input in that regard. And I think that's such a good lesson to bring forward is that where are you stuck potentially? If you're listening to this and you're saying, okay, I really want to help my partner. I really want to help my family, my friends, my business partners, et cetera, but they're just not listening. They're just not listening. It could be because of the questions that you're asking, or it could be because the context of the relationship doesn't support that level of input. It doesn't matter what I do and how much I say. There's things that you'll say things three, four, 10 years later, like you just discovered. And I'm like, dude, I told you that 20 years ago, right? We could be in a totally different spot had you listened to me. <laughs> I'm a tough but study. Then there's no point of that. <laughs> I'm but a tough true. study. Yeah, I am. Okay. <laughs> 
the power of now what? Have we got any further to go with this? Because if not, I'm going to go on a totally different tangent topic that I think is unrelated, but I still think it's an important topic. What's your thoughts? Well, I think we can actually segue anytime, but I think we got our point across is that the power of now leads to the power of now what? It just don't let the power of now being in the moment, being mindful, stop you from moving forward. That's really because the answers are in the next level of questions. That's what I'm that's what I'm gonna sit with. Yeah. So I want to go to a totally different topic because when we look at a number of things around mindset and how we manage our energy and this is a topic we've come up with before. And then, and I've shared this in terms of my attachment to possessions. The more, I guess the older I've gotten, perhaps the less I'm interested in material things. But that's me. You know, there's lots of young people that listen to this and there's lots of those individuals who don't look at things materially like I do. And so the point of it is, is that when we consider energy management, if you will, emotional management, is it's, do we own things or do the things own us? And that really is kind of one of the questions. So, you know, you buy a nice car, you buy a nice diamond, you buy a nice thing, whatever that might be, do you own it or does it own you? So when I look at something, I say to myself, you know, I don't want to own it because I don't want to insure it. I don't want to wash it. You know, we're talking about boats or cars or any of those kind of material things in that regard. I don't want to have to worry about losing it. But the minute I'm worried about losing it, it owns me. The minute I'm worried about denting it, scratching it, uh, having it devalue, then it owns me. So the point of this, I guess, is that when we look at the material things that we want to own, we have to be, I guess, aware. It'd be good guidance, perhaps, to be aware of. Do you own it or does it own you? And I say, does it own you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically? And just something to be aware of when in a world of the polarity, the divisiveness, the comparativeness, the social media, where we get those snapshots of those moments in time of the family or the person driving the Lamborghini or walking down the beach in a ultra modern, cool facility that they're staying at, you know, those scenarios own us or do we own those scenarios? And that is really the power of detachment, which is a little bit different than the power of now what? Or a lot different, perhaps. I don't know if I can link those two or not. So They're totally linked. Okay. Well, link them for me because I brought it up. Okay. So I just wanted to go down that path. Well, it's not a rabbit hole at all. It's totally linked. Think about it. If you're in, in, a, in a situation where you're uncertain, or you've got that uneasy feeling and you know you have to make a decision, one of the filters could be, now I've made the decision. You visualize, you look up on, you say, okay, I'm disassociating. I'm going to see my life with that thing. I'm going to, I've made the decision. I got the outcome that I wanted. I bought that helicopter, for example. Okay, now what? Well, did I buy it because of who I get to be because I have a helicopter or because my neighbors know I have a helicopter? So if my neighbors didn't know I had a helicopter, would I still want a helicopter? So what is the power of now what? I've made the decision. Now what? Now what? Mm -hmm. Now I'm attached to the image or maybe I'm attached. So to get all the way through the decision and the power of the, of the now what decision is now what's next. Mm -hmm. 
to your point, did I do it from a place of what really serves me, aligns with my values, it lights me up, it serves me, it, it ticks all the buttons of the things that I need and want in my life, but not from a place of ego. And I think that's what the power of now what's really taught me is that when I make a decision, I try to go through to the outcome, to the end game, and then look backwards and say, you know what, I really don't need a helicopter. I only wanted it because my neighbors had one and I, they thought I would be cool or whatever the, that thing is. It could be a new pair of shoes. I don't care. Whatever that is, I mean, I've changed a lot over being a pack rat and seeing and moving as many times as we had and look at all the stuff around here. And you have a really good message when it comes to looking at stuff. You just see little piles of money everywhere. Every pair of shoes, you go, there. there's 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks, 200 bucks. And I've really learned that from you over the years is that we don't need that energy stuck. We don't need that money stuck around. And as I start to purge, and I mean, even my shopping habits have changed because of the power of now what? Now I have to look after that. Now I, what if, what if I gain weight? What if I lose weight? I've got all this stuff in my closet that I've been purging for the last year and it's still packed. I know. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I want to share a little story, you know, in terms of do we own something or does it own us? And it's an old, old story that happened many years ago, but I'll share it anyways. And that is a friend of mine owned a collector truck, an old truck that he had restored half done. I don't know, it was a 1942 or 54 or something very unique. And it was really cool. And he was in the summertime and he had it parked out in the front of his yard or in the front of his, uh, in front of his house on the, on the street. And one night he wakes up in the middle of the night and he hears noise. He looks out his window. Sure enough, there's three guys that are broken into his truck. They've got the hood on the truck lifted up. He's a big guy. He runs out there. He like rips the first guy off the truck. And the next thing you know, they're into a fight. Three guys, one guy. He's big enough. He beats a couple guys up. He injures himself. Long story short, police get involved. They show up. They go, tell me what happened. He tells them what happened. And this is a little interesting part of the story is that he got charged with assault. Now, he got charged with assault. And in hindsight, I talked to a police officer who I knew who was familiar with this particular incident because it was years ago and it was a big deal. And he said, you know, we walked up and we said, what happened? And he said, well, these guys were breaking into my truck. I ran up, I pulled them off, I punched him in the face. Then the other guy attacked me. So I punched him in the face. He told this whole story. And then he said, I said to the guy, he says, so you mean he turned around and you thought you were going to be attacked? And he goes, no, like I ripped him off the truck. So he got into this. He was all hyped up about it. The point is this, because he wasn't being attacked. So believe it or not, just a law at the time. I don't know if it still applies. He got charged with assault. Now that's not the end of the story. The rest of the story is, is he hit somebody in the mouth. He cut his hand, his knuckles on that person's teeth, and sadly, he then got infected. Now, the infection in his hand went up the sheath of his hand, where all those tendons in the back of your hand are, and it required three different surgeries. Oh, and by the way, in that fight, somebody kicked him or hit him hard in the side of his head, right on his ear, and crushed or did something to his eardrum and his hearing, and now he's virtually deaf in that particular ear. Now, all of that was because he had this attachment to what was going on with his truck. What they were trying to do is steal the starter in his truck. It wasn't until probably three years later, after multiple surgeries and lots of challenges, he said to me once, and he goes, I just want to share this fundamental insight. They're going for the starter. They had it half out. 
And that starter was worth $58. So he said, why didn't I just let them steal the starter? But it was because he had this energy around it, this attachment to it. It literally gave him a handicap in terms of his hand and the surgeries that went along with it, the costs associated with the emotion, the anxiety, the worry, uh, the time off work. Plus, he's you know permanently deaf in one year or mostly deaf in one year. All over a $58 starter or whatever the price was. It was like under 100 bucks. The point is this is are we attached to our stuff? Do we own our stuff or does it own us? This is a perfect example in my world of where that stuff owned him. So the power of now what was look out the window, <laughs> go maybe phone the police, and then the power of now what is now what is just sit back and let them take the starter. So we get driven by the emotion of the material things that own us, and that was just a great example of that. Any now what comments along that line? Well, that's the pick your battles. Now what, right? Like how, if you're not consciously taking a pause and assessing the situation in the present moment, the now, then if you're in the emotion or hyped up or you're seeing red because you've got this attachment to something, then I think that's where you, the battle that you pick can be very emotionally driven. And sometimes we can't control that reaction. It's just, I'm just hyped up. I got to make a reaction. I got to take care of my stuff. I got to look after my family. And one thing leads to another. But that, I believe, is also a trained thing. It and is. the power of now, if you just, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, it is a trained thing. I think this is all training. This is all uber awareness. This is about taking our game to the next level. And always, you know, as much as we study this work, we coach this work, we do our podcasts. You know, one thing I love about the podcast is every week I'm reminded of things. Every week I'm looking at it and researching different things to kind of go, where do I want to go with it? Rarely do I ever have the whole answer, as you can probably tell. But the point is, is that what I love about it is that every week it's a reminder. It is, it's like going to the gym. You go every week, you do the work and, you know, it's improvements, subtle improvements every day. So that's kind of my view of that. I don't know where I was going with that, but anything you want to add? <laughs> well, incremental, right? Like the power of now what? The law of attachment or non-attachment also leads to incremental results. So I'm not saying, you know, people say, set these big, hairy, hairy, audacious goals or whatever they say. And I'm like, you know what? Just take one step in the direction of right action and see where it takes you. Base it on your values. Understand that the now what is uncertain. But if you go and you, if you take a step and they say, you know, you, you take a step and the bridge will show up or you have to be able to let go of one trapeze in order to grab the second one. There's things in those gaps in those now what moments that will tell you what's worth being attached to and what's worth not being attached to. And we have the luxury of age, you know, and experience as well. Let's call it experience. And I think that gives us the opportunities to make new decisions or to make different decisions and not just go around and make the same decisions, hoping for a different result. So I think linking the power of now what to truly the, the law of attachment or non-attachment, and then the decision-making in the right direction of where you say you want to go based on your values. I mean, to me, this is one conversation, one big, long golden thread through all of our conversations. And I'm so excited that we got to talk about this one today. Beautiful. Well done. Well, thank you for bringing the topic of the power of now what? I think we could probably talk a little bit more about it, but that's for another podcast. Remember everybody, head over to the YouTube channel, like, share, subscribe, comment, 
give us some insights into what you would like us to talk about, maybe some things that you want to share in terms of what you've learned. You know, sometimes you give us an idea, share an idea of what you've learned, what you've taken away from this, and then we get to take it and run with it. You know, riff off it, make it bigger, better, bolder, whatever that might be, share the lesson with others. So, Stephanie, as always, thank you. That was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.